Folks, if your financial professional tends to speak in terms of their industry jargon, it can be confusing, but it's important to have clarity, which is why I so recommend Arif Halaby of Total Financial Solutions. My wife Sue and I are Arif's clients because he provided us with such clarity. He is very knowledgeable and capable when it comes to reliable retirement income. Tune into Arif Halaby's show, The Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM 870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. Been a great day so far. Let's keep it going as we talk about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. You see, all of those gear us towards one place. And that's a successful, happy uh, retirement life. Because one of the things that I've seen, I'm going to go over some of the areas that I see are the most, uh, at least the top concerns for uh, for retirees and why this matters is because I'm going to give you solutions to each one of those. So you might find that, hey, these are the two that matter to me, but these three don't. Okay, that's fine. This is a great opportunity for you to learn and maybe even share or teach. Now, they always say that a prophet is not welcome in his own town because when you try to teach your children or your wife, right? I I made the mistake. I don't know. I think I was married two years or so, and I tried to teach my wife martial arts. I've been in the martial arts word black belt and used to fight. And I go, oh, sweetie, let me teach you how to do this. Yeah, that didn't go over very well. No. No, you can imagine that. So what I did is I, I told my friend, hey, you teach her and I'll teach the other students. Okay, great. Just like you're going to try to teach your kids, hey, let me teach you about financial success. Look, they know everything about you. They know where you succeeded, where you failed. They know what you look like in the morning. All of those things lead to less credibility when it comes to teaching them anything about finance. Okay, so here's what you do. You have them listen to our podcast. You have them listen to our download or our old shows simply because the only way for them to learn to not make these big mistakes is to believe somebody who's already been there, done that. And when you go through a financial journey, all of us have, and you have a real rough patch, most of us have, then you try to learn from it and teach other people. And most of us have. So I'm going to share that with you. You know, a little bit of background, especially for some of you guys that are new to our show. And as I mentioned before, uh, last week, we have a two-hour show now. Uh, AM 870s ask us to do two hours, so we're here every Sunday for two hours. It's kind of an exciting opportunity. Gives you a chance to learn. You can introduce your loved ones to the show. You can introduce them to the podcast. Give them a chance to hear from somebody else other than yourself. And here's what I think is important. We're having folks around Southern California actually sit down and have conversations about some of the topics. 
Hey, what do you think about this? Hey, how did this go? How I know this is because of our emails. So our second hour, I like to cover emails, specifically interviews and emails from you. Top newsmakers in the financial world, a chance to hear what is happening in our industry, financially speaking. What are the, what's happening with the person on the street, as they used to call it, the man on the street? You know, an interview with just a person walking down the road, having to say a question. Now, I don't mean the hitchhiker or the drug addict. I mean, because nobody walks anymore. Driving down the road, maybe that's the right answer. Without a mask, so at least you know that they're sane. Right? And gloves. Or the person who had recently at the store shopping bags on their hands pushing their cart. Yeah. And I first and I should actually apologize first of all, because I wanna sometime back when this all started and we knew the silliness of it all, uh one of my kids would go to the grocery store with a tape measure. And every time you would get too close, he would roll out the tape measure to show that you were six feet too close. And instead of the other person going, this kid is insane, they go, oh, we're so sorry. We don't mean to offend you. He's like, dad, that's exactly why these people are nuts. Nobody stands for common sense anymore. Instead of saying, how silly, you walk around with the tape measure. You see, I think you guys need to stand up for what's right. Stand up for common sense. And that will reflect itself in how you spend your money. Because when the government starts to say we're going to give $15 billion to this cause or $1 trillion for this budget, everybody says, but what's it for? Oh, it's for the children. It's for the children. For children and old people. Children, old people, and we like teachers still. We don't like policemen or firemen anymore, but we like teachers. We used to like nurses. First responders. Right? It's like if I ask you, how are you? Fine. First responders. What does that mean, first responder? Well, to anybody that's a first responder. Could a teacher be a first responder? Yes. Could a, uh, a, a bus driver? Boy, they're, they're driving down the street. They see something occur. So what they do is these feel-good, catch-all sayings. As a retired Los Angeles policeman, I can tell you, I appreciate it when you say thank you. I do. I did, right? When I was a policeman on the street, going to a restaurant, walk down the street, whatever it is. I worked in Westwood for a while in the footbeat. So our job was to walk, right? When you do that, a lot of people come up to you, especially in Westwood. Because it's such an eclectic mix of people. But certainly on the wealthier side, they appreciated us. But you know who else appreciated? When you walk through the really tough parts of L.A. And it was the single grandma who's raising her, her grandchildren. And she appreciated us there. It was the young mother who knew that the police were the only ones that stood between her and being a victim of the hoodlums that meet on that little corner over there. So you see, the common sense of appreciating the police, knowing that every once in a while there was a bad guy, is the same common sense that says, hey, you're a weirdo walking around with the tape measure and, and gloves uh, that are made of the grocery produce bags. That, that's the common sense. So financially, how it interprets itself is very straightforward. When somebody says we want to spend money as a government, state, county, city, we want to give homeless people a chance so that they can shoot up in a hotel room, a perfectly capable young man or young woman who has three meals a day, running water, a bed that they soil beyond belief. If you only knew what some of these really nice hotels that are forced 
by the city and the county to take homeless people. And yet you have families sleeping in broken down RVs on the street with no running water and no sewer. You see, that's the common sense when you say they want to spend more money on something and you go, you know, the whole offending thing, that's got to become the new O word. Running around offending people. When are you going to stand up for common sense? Right? Your gut is going to tell you something. Right? My gut told me when I was a little boy because of the way my parents taught me that racism was wrong, that nobody was their racial number or their letter or their color. We, we didn't live that way. That just wasn't even a thing for us. I didn't realize there were race problems until I was a police officer. I know it sounds so, I don't know, maybe juvenile, maybe naive. 22 years old on the streets. And I thought, wow, there's there's a lot more going on. You see, because I came out of college as a, hold on to your, hold on now, a Democrat. I know, it's shocking. And my partner said, well, Arif, uh, I I think he even asked me, are you a Democrat or Republican? I knew the right answer was Democrat. Yeah, 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 I'm a Democrat. Okay, good. He said, Arif, I give you six months. I said, oh, no, no, not me. Not, no, 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 no. Mm-mm-mm. I said, why would you say that? He said, Eric, you're going to see the reality of Democrat policies right here on the street. He says, Eric, you're going to see the result where it isn't just people wanting to feel good, but the actual result of those ideas. I don't know if it was six months. It might have been three. And I thought, wow, you give something to somebody for something they can't control. You can't control your height. You can't control your gender. Surprise, America. You can't control whether you're black or white. Who your parents are, your siblings. So don't punish me for that. Don't take something from me for that. But also don't give me something for that. If you run around and say, uh, don't take something from me because I'm black or because I'm white or because I'm half Arab. Don't, don't take something from me for that. I, I can't. That, that's what I am. God decided those things, not me. You really want to run around and question God? Oh, wait, let's change the gender. Guess you're already doing that, aren't you? But then you also have to say, don't take something from me for that. I think that's fair. Don't give me something and don't take something from me. Let me fight. Let me do the best I can. You've heard me talk about this. Affirmative action was kind of outlawed, right? Mm, Called the Supreme Court. So that doesn't work. So city stopped doing it. County stopped doing it. And now they're trying to get back to it. They're banning all the Asians from the UC system. Why? Well, because there's just too many of them. Oh, I know. How about if they just work harder? Maybe they just are smarter in some things than me. Right? Maybe their parents, instead of me playing outside riding my bike, they were, take, they were being tutored. But by the way, that happened to Hispanic kids, uh, black kids, uh, white kids. Some of their parents had them tutored, playing violin, doing uh, sports, playing piano. I was riding my bike. I was splashing through the mud, playing stickball in the, in the field that was next to our house. That's what I did. I didn't have tutoring, so surprise, I'm not your next nuclear scientist. I know that's surprising. That's why I'm here with you. 
I think most of you don't understand that it's the effort that's put in when nobody's looking. And now they get to the UC system and you go, oh, you're so lucky. Oh, oh, oh. well, it's because uh, of racism that, that you're there. Really? So now Indian parents can't have their child. What is this? Where did you guys? So, oh, but we don't want to offend anybody. That O word, we're not going to offend anybody. And so you guys run around with the big O word on your shirt saying, oh, excuse me. Oh, pardon me. Oh, I don't mean to. Oh, sorry. You okay? I don't want to offend you. Let me send you hashtag something or other. And by the way, Twitter doesn't use hashtags anymore, but some of you are still hashtagging the daylights out of things. And you run around feeling, ooh, check that box. I have been around you. I worked West LA division. I know the symbolism over substance. I know what the left does. All you have to do is go. Go to some of these silly uh, uh, dinner parties. Right? We Are the World was the most phony, deepest, rotten thing ever recorded. No, I didn't believe it at the time. I love it. I still sing the song. I imagine me and Lionel Richie out there, along with Stevie Wonder, and we're singing it together. I remember it. We are the world. And then what? Then the truth comes out. All the money that was stolen. They check a box and they go home to their little latte machine, to their to their bubble bath. Oh, we were so... We made a difference today, children. Children, we made a difference. Do you feel good? I feel good. Let's feel good together. Instead of actually making a difference, which is the missionaries, which is the groups on the street, with, which is the organizations that are in the dirt, in the, in, in the cities throughout Ethiopia, and today it would be Yemen and it would be uh, Nigeria, the outskirts of Kenya. Niger- those are the people that are making a difference. My old neighbor, Paul, quote, the only black kid in our neighborhood. We didn't even really know that he was black. We didn't care. That wasn't even, it wasn't even on our mind. And today he's out serving in the jungles and, and the deep parts of Africa that, that aren't always being served by the Hollywood crowd. How are you going to make a difference? And I want, look, maybe you couldn't, right? Maybe you're somebody who just struggled a lot. And you picked a career and it, you didn't really like it, but it was good and it had a pension and health care benefits. And now you had a young family and you had to get to the place where you say, well, at least I took care of my family and now I'm retired. That's honorable. That's very honorable. Let's put it that way. You made a difference. You made a difference in the lives of the ones that love you and whom you love. And now you're retired. Now, if you manage your retirement accounts correctly, You shouldn't be sitting around watching Jerry Springer or the next Hallmark thing or Angela Lansbury. Forget it. Now it's time for you to go out and make a difference. Now, is it a big difference? I'm going to tell you that any difference you make is a big difference. Just like when you don't, it's a big waste of time. You're just kind of waiting for the clock to tick until that magic hour of you called dying, (laughs) passing away. Oh, and we're done. Right? You're not in a waiting room. This isn't a lobby. You're just waiting to be called and you go up and you pass away. That, that's not how it works, guys. You have to be making a difference. Maybe it's in your grandchildren's life. Oh, they're too old. They're, they're older. They don't need you now. Okay, now maybe it's in the neighborhood. Now you maybe you're, you're you know, licking envelopes or putting up flyers 
or blogging or getting out and, and organizing protests at the local city council meeting or the school board. You know how to raise children. You know how to make a difference. What do you think? They're going to take away your, your job? Uh, no, because you're retired. Because you have income that comes to you. So you don't have to live in the fear that a 42-year-old mom who has two teenage kids, she has to worry because she doesn't have a pension. I'm saying still be, still be courageous to that 42-year-old mom, but you see, at least she has an excuse. What's yours? If you're independently wealthy, if you have your own money, if you've created reliable retirement income, you see, it's much more than just, oh, now I bought a new car. Or if I have a savings account, now I can feel comfortable. Woof, I made a difference. No, you didn't. Unless you're out there making a difference, sitting around is not making a difference. I'm a little angry about this because you see what the Ukrainians are doing? You see, three weeks ago, they had, quote, a normal life. They went to work and they came home. They played checkers with their family or they watched their latest TV show. They made sure the kids had their sandwiches. They put them in a little school bag. Jimmy, come on, we're late. And he comes running out of the back bedroom with his hair disheveled. And mom says a few choice words under her breath. Come on, I've always told you, you're just always in this and you never that. You see, three, four, five weeks ago, she was, quote, normal in her life. And now she has a integrity decision, character decision, rather. To make. Do I make sure my children can live and let's flee to Poland or Moldova? Does my husband or my oldest boy stay and fight? My brothers that are amazing people, they're contractors. Now, now they have to be soldiers. You see, the difference I'm asking you to make is before that happens. And with the right financial security, you don't get to run around and say, ah, but I'm afraid. What are you afraid? Someone's going to talk bad about you? People already know who you are. They are already going to talk bad about you or they're not. They already call you a name or they don't. You have your friends. Look, after COVID and this crazy mask and get your vaccination, tell me about your healthcare status, right? We went from HIPAA, which is don't tell me anything, to uh, some 19-year-old at the uh, desk of your favorite restaurant wanting to see your vaccine card. Well, we already went from craziness. You know who your friends are. They've gone. They're gone. The crazy ones are gone. Now it's up to you. You have to make a difference. The world needs you. This country needs you. You have a pension. You have savings. You have retirement accounts. Yes, the market is in the tank and it's going up and it's going down and it's always going to do that. But if you have some or part of your money set aside for reliable retirement income, then I don't have to worry about it anymore, do I? Just about all of last year's gains have been gone, depending on the moment, depending on the day. So who is going to work for you? Who? It's not you. Your family's not going to work for you. They have their own lives. So I want you to do a couple of things. I know that most of you, many of you, have a fear, financially speaking, of the unexpected. So here's how I want you to minimize the fear, minimize the anxiety or, or the problems. It's simple. I call it an emergency account, right? When I say an emergency account, 
I'd like to see 12 to 24 months of your expenses, food, shelter, clothing, set aside in an emergency. I'd like it to be there without any risk, just a savings account. Because everything about your money is the purpose of the money. Where do we put it? Well, it depends. It's the purpose. What's the job? The $20 in your purse or your pocket, that's not designed to earn lots of interest. It's not deserve, uh, designed to be tax deferred. It's designed for lunch tomorrow, right? $20, lunch, got it, done. The $20 in your savings account is designed to be available at a moment's notice through a debit card or writing a check or going to an ATM. It's designed for emergencies. Give me the cash now. I need it. Emergency. Liquidity. Availability. The $20 in your retirement account is designed to give you a lifelong income stream. How do I know this with utmost confidence? Because the IRS, the government, Congress, your president, they signed these rules to make it so that if you abide by these rules, you get all the benefits, all the goodies. If you live by the type of account, you live by the rules, by the type of account in which you have, then you win big. Retirement accounts, you don't retire for a day. You retire for a lifetime. However God decides is the rest of your life. That's, that's kind of up to, to him and maybe you if some of your, your decisions on how you eat or take care of yourself. I get it. We have a write or a drink or whatever else, smoke, whatever else we do. You do have your own kind of, kind of decision, at least in quality of life. So I want you to go through and understand retirement accounts, income stream, income stream, deferral as best you can. Don't give me all the tax money now because I, I don't want to be in the next bracket. Spread it out over the rest of my life. Home equity, the job of home equity. Why don't you pay tax on your home equity each and every year? The, the Democrats, if they could, they would issue. It's called a wealth tax. They would say, uh, well, how much home equity do you have? They would find a way to tax it if they could. And pull money out of, but it's in my home. It's, it's in my house. I can't touch it. Tough luck. Tough luck. So what is that? Very simple. It's designed for your home. Home equity is designed for you to care for, guess what? Your home. You don't refinance your house to pay for college. Many poor people did. I don't mean bad. Poor in the financial decision world. Why do wealthy and affluent clients that I have do things a particular way? It's very simple. Because it works. You use retirement accounts for retirement. You don't take money from your retirement accounts to help your brother buy a house after the, the latest disaster. You don't pull money from your retirement accounts to give your kids a head start in life so that they can have a down payment. No, retirement is for an income stream. Your home equity, ready for this? Is for your home. To fix the roof, to put in a new bathroom, to make sure... The, the uh, electrical is updated. Water heater is repaired. That's the, 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 the purpose and the design for home equity. So we use savings accounts, emergency savings accounts. That is the purpose to give you a cushion to offset your fear of the unexpected. But Arif, what if, you know what, if you have savings, if you have whatever, let's call it $50,000 in your savings account and you need a new water heater and it's $6,000, you can put in a water heater. You don't have to wait for it to flood out and now you have to put in 
new drywall. And look, I've been there. I think it was on a Christmas party. We were walking out the door. I happened to open the garage where the water heater is, and it was flooded. And of course, the other side of the wall is the living room flooded. You have to take out a, a whole strip of drywall. I mean, you know the story if you've been there. It's a, it's a crazy time. But that's the purpose of your savings account. You see, a lot of you use credit cards as your savings. If you have to, I mean, that's part of it. But that's worst case scenario. That's like, hello, I'm young. I'm starting to save. Boom, you better get to town. Go, 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 go. Save, save, save. Until you can get that cushion. And that's the first place you go, by the way. I don't want you to put it aside in a retirement account and you're wonderful in 40 years from now and yet you don't have a savings account. We have to do this in the right order. And savings is the key. But I call them the bookends. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about the other bookend and it's the retirement side. Because if you don't have a lot of money, but you have a lot of time, you can achieve the same or even better results. And that's what retirement is all about. When we come back, I'm the Total Financial Hour. That's what, You're here with me. I'm Arif Halaby. We'll be right back. Stay with me. The Total Financial Hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby, the total financial hour. Let me give you the phone number, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. We're talking about your family's finances. Of course, what we call getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. Look, we're expecting 8, 7, 8, 9, 10% inflation, probably in Southern California, closer to the 10%. I'm concerned about a lot of things, specifically things that uh, cost us money on a daily basis, our bread, our gasoline, our energy costs. Now, if you're working, you can pick up a second job. If you're going to to go, oh, what's the right answer? If you're going to go and become somebody who says, I'm worried about the cost of food, you can cut back a little bit. But if you're retired and you're out of the industry and nobody pays attention to you and your career field is, is either eliminated, called you know, graphic artists, graphic design, a lot of those folks, printing presses, right? A lot of those guys are done. Print shops, it's either outsourced or it's done with the computer nowadays. So even if they wanted to go back to work in that career field, it's changed dramatically. But now imagine you're retired and you're, quote, on a fixed income. You see, if we plan properly, there's no such thing as, quote, a fixed income. Because we'll have retirement accounts in reserve. We call them backup plans. It's called laddering, where you go through, you have a backup plan, the next, the next. And we can turn on or start receiving income from various accounts as we go. All right, let me give you the phone number, guys. 888-99-RETIRE. I don't think I gave it to you in the first half hour. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. Okay, so we're talking about retirement as the other bookend. 
right? Saving emergency dollars right now, I need that. Most important. The next phase is the other end of the spectrum. Retiring, whenever that is. How I want you to do this is pretty important. You're going to start with 10%. 10%. Whatever you make, 10% goes into retirement. Now, if you work at a job where they have a retirement account, and today, that's most of Californians, unless you work for a very small company, because legally, and the rules are now, you have to have a retirement account. If you have more than, I think it's five employees, you have to have a retirement account. All right, 10%. Whatever you make needs to go into that retirement. Now, they may not match, but you see a lot of, a lot of people say, oh, I don't put into my retirement account at work because they don't match. What? Uh, I I didn't eat at lunch because my neighbor didn't eat. So I thought I'm not going to be hungry because he's not hungry. You wouldn't do that. Oh, I didn't put gas in my car because my neighbor didn't put gas in his car. Come on, really? When are we going to be done with this? If they're not going to put into your retirement account, you go, oh, bummer, find a new job. So you put into your retirement account. If they do, great, wonderful. Thank you so much for playing. Oh, they didn't? Oh, Find a different job. You know, I mean, you can complain. You can ask. Okay, go ask. You can stomp your foot. I mean, I don't know. But what are you going to drink poison and expect the other person to die? You put into your retirement account. You take care of you. It doesn't matter what your employer does. And today... There's almost no such thing as I worked for somebody for 38 years and got a gold watch and retired and died two and a half weeks after I retired. Right? The rocking chair. That doesn't exist anymore. That's not the way it goes. You have six, seven, eight jobs in your career. In fact, most people will have at least two completely different careers. Seven or eight different jobs, two completely different careers. So you're now responsible to catch those retirement accounts, basically throw them over your shoulder, put them in an IRA, individual retirement account, and move on to the next. Put in as much money as you can. Throw it over your shoulder. Put it in, maybe you can put it in the same IRA or a different one, and you continue and move on to the next. That's what you do. So what you're doing is taking care of yourself. (gasps) Did he say self-reliance? Yes, he did. Did he say take care of himself? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. But what about the company, the government? Uh, Benefits. The B word, benefits. I want my benefits. What's my benefits? Just go buy your own. Uh, What's shocking to me is how many of you think your employer that does, oh, I don't know, they build things. Let's say just say they build computers. And they're pretty darn good, man. They've outlasted the compact computers of the world. They've outlasted all of those other little computer companies. And bam, they are the biggest computer company, one of the top. And by the way, I want you to manage retirement accounts for me. Yeah. And, And oh, don't forget health insurance. I know you're great at computers, but you gotta be pretty good at health insurance too. So be good at health insurance and computers. Oh, and that retirement account. You realize how ridiculous it is to expect an employer who does one thing really well and, oh, by the way, you got to do this. Oh, you're not paying any attention because 
the employer is going to hire the expert in that field. So you tell me how many times your employer has changed health insurance plans. How many times your employer has changed companies, retirement 401k plans, companies. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You understand uh, a lot? I thought they hired the best. Because that's not what they do. I know this is shocking. Forgive me. They don't hire the best. What they seem to have done is hire the cheapest. Did, did, did you know that? The cheapest, the least expensive. They don't always hire the best. I know. Wait, that's a shock. Sit down. <laughs> Your employer. Because their job is not retirement. They're the best in computers. They're not going to cut cut uh, corners there. No, 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 no. But when they hire your health insurance, they hire the cheapest or the one that will give them, shh, don't tell anybody. Don't. Da, 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 da. Kickbacks. Oh, that's such an illegal word, Arif. Uh, payment. Nope, can't say that. Mm. Oh, they give HR little treats. Gift baskets. Christmas presents. I don't know. Something like that. And that decides the one that you get. Do I want you to still put into your company retirement plan? Oh, heck yeah. But guess what? You still better take care of yourself. Here's how we do it. You're going to start with 10%. And you're going to raise it 1% per year. And every time you receive a pay raise, you take half of that pay raise and you put it into your retirement account. Half for your retirement account, half you get to spend and enjoy and do other things with. Half for your retirement account, half for, oh, I received a pay raise of a dollar per hour. 50 cents an hour, however that equates, goes it back into your retirement account. 50 cents, you can spend. Now, the best case scenario is to consider putting that in a Roth, R-O-T-H. Your plan, your company should have what's called a Roth 401k. If you work for a school district, hospital, research facility, or nonprofit, yours is called a 403B. Now, sometimes my teachers, my educators will say, if I don't have a 403B, I have a TSA, tax-sheltered annuity. They're the same thing. Same thing. Or they say, Arif, I don't have a 457. I have a deferred comp. Or I work with LA County. We don't have deferred comp. We have Horizons. They are all the same thing. Deferred compensation, horizons, if you work for L.A. County, and a 457, those are all considered deferred compensation, which means you work for a city, county, state agency. Okay, so they're, each one of your employers, there's different, maybe six or eight different uh, employers out there, uh, types of employers, then the plans will kind of give you an idea. Okay, I work for... a. a the federal government. Oh, yours is called a thrift savings plan or a TSP. So your employer kind of decides, but the concept is still generally the same. You go to work, you make money, you put some into the side. Today, you do not pay taxes on that amount until you retire. So based on where you retire, when you retire, it's based on the tax bracket at that time. But if you choose the Roth, R-O-T-H, that account says, tax me now. And then don't tax me on anything, the amount that I put in or the gains later. Pretty important you understand that. Because in the particular case, 
where you have money set aside, do you know what your tax brackets will be later? Do you know where you're going to live later? Maybe not. Many of you know you're going to move to Nevada or Texas or Washington or Florida or Wyoming. Many of you know you're going to move to those states, which means you're not going to pay taxes, income taxes, in the state of California on those dollars. That could be worth the savings. But the federal government, they've got a big tax hike coming in 2026. You better know this. We are still in a tax holiday, as you say. And we expect tax rates to double or come close to doubling in the future. So you have to think, do I want a Roth IRA now? Do I want a traditional IRA now? The reason I consider the Roth IRA or the Roth 401k now is for this reason. It's pretty simple. Today you have a house mortgage where you're mostly paying interest. Later you may not, right? Because your house mortgage, just because you make the same payment, the only thing that's deductible is the interest. And that's basically most of what you pay the first 10 or 15 years of your mortgage. After that, it becomes a substantially greater amount that goes towards the principal. And many of you refinanced your mortgage. Surprise, when you refinance your mortgage and you have a whole year of that, I got 3.25%, fantastic, you may end up paying more in taxes because the interest payment is lower. So you don't get to write off as much. Couple that with your youngest child going off to college and you no longer have kid write off. (laughs) Right? Because when you're younger, you have your little uh, dependents running around the house. When you're closer or in retirement, your house is paid off. No longer do you have minors or dependents. And here's a big chunk of money. So for those of you choosing to stay in California, consider, talk to your CPA, your financial professional, consider using the Roth programs, that's the Roth IRA, Roth 401k, now. When I say Roth, let me explain it to you. It's R-O-T-H, Roth. It doesn't mean anything fancy. It just means they needed a particular senator to vote for this back in the 90s. So they went to Senator Roth and they said, hey, if if you vote for it, everybody else will follow your lead because you're a senior senator with a lot of respect from from your compadres there. And if you do, we'll name it after you. Deal. I'll take it. And now forever, it's called the Roth IRA. I'm thinking about creating the Hallaby IRA. You get a tax break going in, it grows tax, and you never pay tax on it. I like that IRA. That'll be the Hallaby IRA. What do you think? (laughs) Would you vote for me? I hope so. All right. You've heard me talk about outliving my retirement savings. Boy, is that a big anxiety that we're finding? People outliving their money. It's a huge common denominator amongst most of the of the stress levels of our retirees. They think, but what if I, I run out of money right at the time when I need long-term care? Especially if you have a family member or you've seen it where there's uh, memory care issues or assisted living issues, Parkinson's, things that you just know they're going to need a little bit more help. Well, first of all, if you or your spouse, even if you're a widow or a widower, your former spouse, Now, if you remarry, no, but if you or your spouse were in the military, then you may have a chance for something called aid and attendance pension. 
Aid and Attendance Pension. You can look it up. I won't spend too much time on it because there are some guidelines and some guardrails you got to stay within. But if you are injured or you need help, the Aid and Attendance Pension could be a great way to supplement some of your need in retirement because it could pay for care. Some are part of your care. So just kind of keep an eye on that. Know that that's possible and set that aside in your, um, you know, off to the side for your memory. And if you choose to come in and meet me, we can go over that. I can at least look it up and see if the general idea of you care of you qualifying is there. Let me give you my number, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. And I want to give you my email address because I have a few emails, at least a couple that I want to read later today uh, in the second hour, uh, second half hour uh, of next hour. Eh, maybe we'll Maybe we'll read it both hours. We'll see. We've got a few of them coming in. It's Arif, A-R-I-F, Arif at TFSWealth.com. Arif at TFSWealth.com. Stands for Total Financial Solutions. TFS, just the, the letters. Wealth, as in a lot of money, dot com. All right, Arif, A-R-I-F at TFSWealth.com. Send me an email. You'll have questions. Uh, what I want to hear are your concerns or, or what you have set aside. Hey, Arif, here's my, here's my situation. Here's what I have. What do you think? Or give me some general ideas. And I'll answer it on the air. And certainly, I'm going to always invite you to come into the office if you want. We can get a bit more detailed because, you know, a momently, uh, immediately rather, I'm going to ask you a question. But what about this? I don't know because it's an email. But I love, and I'm going to develop it, and I'll explain to you what I would do if it were my money. I'm going to explain to you some options and some of the rules that are set up for the, for the game that you're playing. Okay, outliving my retirement. Remember I said a retirement, income, uh, a retirement account. The job of that account is to give you retirement income, not to take out big chunks of money to buy an RV, not to take out big chunks of money to help your kids start a business. But to take out money in a monthly or annual way, steadily within a certain percentage and have it last for the rest of your life and the rest of your spouse's life. So there's a withdrawal rate that they used to say. I remember when I started in this business 26 years ago, they would say things like, oh, uh, Arif, if they can withdraw 5% a year, then... That's how they never run out of money. I go, well, that's, that's a big number, 5%. Oh, well, Arif, it's because they're earning 12% return. Do you guys remember? 12%. That's what the Wall Street mutual fund world said is, was expected, was easy, was, was, oh, wait, you want to play it safe? 8% per year. That's the, with the bond mix and a portfolio within, oh, money market, really safe? 6%. <laughs> You're like, man, I, I'd give my left arm for 6% return. So a lot of the, that's why the pension funds are all messed up. I'll do that on a different show. They're, the, the pension funds are beyond broken. Almost all of them, by the way. It doesn't matter what you where you work. Because their their assumption was a 7 or an 8% return. And they, what are they getting now? A minus 10? Minus 20? So So it's ridiculous. There's no... There's no way to get what they're trying to get out of, out of the market. And so the same thing for you. If you're going to pull out 5% a year, 
If that number is still in your mind, expect to probably run out of money in 15 or 20 years. Now, you might say, Eric, if I'm 85, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> okay, fine. But realistically, if you want to retire at a younger age, and I mean, you know, late 50s, early 60s, mid 60s, something like that, a three, maybe a 4% rate is the most I would go. Now, unless you have certain types of annuities. There are certain types of annuities that when you're in your 60s will give you a 44 or even a 4.5%. What does that mean? It means for every $100,000 that you have saved, they will give you $4,000 a year forever. And because there are certain accounts today, there are certain indexed annuities uh, and other annuity type that give you an increase. That means the account is going up and up and up. Every year, every couple of years, you get what's called a cost of living increase. In other words, you get a pay raise, just like you did if you were working. So there are some annuities that have that built in, meaning you'll never run out of money, provided you stay within their guidelines, which is about a, let's say a four, maybe four and a half percent withdrawal rate. So the goal is to build up that account as much as possible so that when you retire, you have money there. And then those dollars, instead of saying, and send me one check, the government goes, yes, yes, we did it. Let's take half of it. Right? Because if you do that, if you say, give me one big check, they go, no problem. Here's half. And they take half and you say, they say, you know, sorry, sorry, sorry. And you don't have any more money. I see this all the time. If you're going to take the lump sum pension uh, buyout, and for a lot of you that work at some of the big hospitals around, some of the big utilities around, it's the right decision. It's the best decision to take a lump sum buyout. Give me all my money. Never want a pension. Goodbye. Never want to see you again. And give me all my money. But you have to do the right thing with it. You can call us. There's other really good guys and gals out there that know what they're doing. You want to ladder it? Even if you have a big IRA or big 401k, we can spread it out. Give me some from now for the next five years, and then in five years have this one start, and now it starts to give me more money. And then five years after that, give me more money and have that continue so that you never run out of money. That's really important. Because having a, a steady stream of income that you can never outlive, it's an enormous concern. It's a major concern for most people. Understandably so, because you'll talk about health care. You'll talk about some of the concerns financially uh, as a burden. What if my kids, you know, I don't want to have to move in with my daughter or, or my son-in-law. I don't want to cause marriage problems. All of us have that kind of conversation with our parents or with our kids. It's normal. Now, maybe the answer is you live down the street or around the corner. Maybe it's in a house next door, right? I had a friend of mine. He was a... A professional wrestler. I don't want to get too give too much of his stuff away, but he's a, he was a professional wrestler, a great guy. And he bought a house. And his wife's parents started having some... He bought the house next door. And he took out the walls in between so the grandkids could go back and forth and play. They, were next, they could go next door and check on you. Did you guys have dinner? Is everything okay? Back and forth. You need anything? I mean, not all of us can do that. 
but it's an option, right? As opposed to being right next door where you all you do is see them and hear them and every single day and you don't feel like you have any privacy and you're always kind of on that edge, right? It's nice to have a little bit of space. It's nice to have a little bit of, of your own time. So think of that as an option. Maybe it's an apartment, right? Maybe it's a, a senior living with just a little bit of assistance, but right down the hall, right down the street, the next neighborhood. You can do that with the right kind of income that never ends. Okay, what about becoming a financial burden? I'm going to finish with this one because this is an enormous uh, concern for those of you with kids. Those of you without children, we can build in a great plan so that no matter what, you're taken care of and people will be paid to care for you. That's great. We can do that. But for those of you that have a financial burden or think you're going to be a financial burden to your children, understand a few things. In some of the the ethnic backgrounds, whether it's a Hispanic background or whether it's the Middle Eastern background, a certain Asian backgrounds, I want you to know, parents, it's an honor for us to care for you. Of course, it's a little bit of a burden, but it isn't a burden like you might think, oh, I've got to go mow Mrs. You know, Susie's lawn. It's a burden because it's an honor and it's a little bit of a struggle sometimes. But if you have children, allow them to bless you because it would be for me. All the stuff you've done in your entire life to care for me, my parents, and now it's my turn. What an honor. How do you not become a financial burden? You have the right insurances, long-term care, life insurance. You build in an income stream that you can never outlive. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. If I can help you guys, it'd be my honor. Stay tuned for the second hour as we continue reading your emails on the Total Financial Hour. We'll be right back. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back to the show. This is our second hour. Talking about your family's finances as we move forward with our emails. I love this because at the total financial hours, we, we try to cover what matters to you and, and it it really helps when I see you in my office or when you call uh, and certainly when you email because I get an idea of what matters to you. And what, so we're not covering what we think is the fun topic of the day or what we think in the financial world is what should matter to you. In fact, it's just the opposite. We want to know what 
what you're thinking and what your concerns are. Arif at TFSWealth.com. That's Arif at TFSWealth.com. A-R-I-F at TFSWealth.com. Okay. Look, a big part of your financial life is understanding what people have done before you that have succeeded. All right. Let me bring this up to you. This is pretty important. When you're thinking about becoming an electrician, would you go along your life? Would you would you kind of chug along and say, as an electrician, I'm going to be an apprentice? You know, the guy who picks up the the scrap, who gets the tools, cleans up afterwards, that person, right, who, who's kind of learning, trying to figure things out. Uh, I want to be the best electrician. So I'm following behind a plumber. That plumber is going to teach me everything I need to know about being an electrician. You would go, Eric, that's silly. If you want to be a plumber, you follow the plumber. If you want to be an electrician, you follow the electrician. So if you want to be wealthy, if you want to be successful financially speaking, guess who you follow? Somebody who's wealthy, successful financially speaking. It's not that hard. right? You don't ask your uh, Uncle Louie who's broke whether or not he should, uh, you, know, you should start a business. Or your parents who are amazing people, but they've never owned rental property in their life. Or, or somebody who's you know been an attorney their whole life and you say, so I'm thinking about quitting my job and starting a small business. And that guy works for you know the county or, or is an attorney for a big law firm. Oh, it's dangerous, Eric. Oh, risky, 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 risky. You wouldn't ask, you love them, your family. You care for them. They're your family or friends. But you don't take advice for something that they stink at. You would know that in any other extreme example. So what do wealthy people do? Well, number one, it's very simple. When they want to pass wealth on to the next generation, for example, they do something very interesting. Well, before I get there, let me ask you this question. Ready for this? I know I've asked it before. Most of you have answered correctly, but occasionally you don't. Ready? Who makes the rules? Rich or poor people? Rich or poor people? Think about it. Take a minute. Who makes the rules, rich or poor people? Yeah, right. It doesn't even have to be rhetorical. You know the answer to that question. Rich people have always made the rules. Are you ready for this? They made the rules back when Cleopatra was on this earth. She made the rules to benefit herself, her friends, and her family. It's not a surprise. Uh, Fidel Castro, communist Cuba. Did they destroy all of those wonderful seaside villas and those farms? No. He gave them to his friends and his family. So rich people have always made the rules. Napoleon did it. Genghis Khan did it. The United States of America did it. You understand? When the United States of America had rules that were written, they were written by rich people so that they could benefit their friends and their family. And are you ready for this? Anybody else that knows the rules? You see, if you look around, if you're driving or if you're, you're stopped somewhere, look at the next time you're in a grocery store, unless you're in, you know, uh, the, the liberal enclaves of, of Southern California. They are the least uh, heterogeneous places on this earth. No kidding. They just are. But if you look at most other places, what do you see? 
you see a mixture of people from all different backgrounds, from all walks of life, from all other countries. So the reason that rich people make the rules to benefit themselves and their friends and their family in the United States and people still come here is because, ready for this, the rules apply to everybody. Figure it out, you win. Don't figure it out, you lose. Follow somebody that's done it and you have a chance to win. Follow somebody that's broke and surprise, you'll probably, guess what, be broke. Yes. Now, we still did this. I just said the word broke. You heard bad. Follow somebody that's rich. You think I meant good. No, no, no. There's good people that are rich. There's bad people that are rich. There's good people that are poor. There's bad people that are poor. There, is, there should be no faith on this earth who talks about being wealthy as bad. Now, they will talk about wealth being a, a distraction from God. Okay, I get it. That's bad. But so is Facebook a distraction from God. That's bad. So is your cars a faithful uh, distraction from God. Your, your television shows, your silly games that you play on your computer or your, your iPhone, a distraction from God. But guess what? You can't give that game on your on your phone or your automobile or, or your other hobbies to any church or charity or organization and make them better. But they do need money, don't they? So imagine for a minute, if you learned how money works, if you learned how wealth is created, that you can do amazing things either while you're on this earth or after you pass away, amazing things to the churches, charities, organizations, nonprofits that you know, that you trust, that you believe in. Because you understand how money works. That to me was the ticket I needed to be uncomfortable and learn how to be successful, to learn how to make things work, financially speaking, was that I could make a difference. I may not do it while I'm alive, but goodness gracious, I can do it before, after I pass. At one point on this earth, I can do it. How long it took, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to take. I was young. I just started. But I was willing for that fight. I was willing for the changes that it took. So what do rich people do when it comes to leaving money to their children or grandchildren? Are you ready for this? They never leave their retirement accounts to their children and grandchildren. Because rich people made the rules and said, if you're going to leave your retirement accounts to your children or grandchildren, they're going to be taxed off the charts. They're going to be taxed at an enormous rate. But, if you leave real estate to your children or grandchildren, no problem. If you leave life insurance to your children or grandchildren, no problem. Tax-free, tax-free. If you leave certain stocks to your children and grandchildren outside of your retirement account, tax-free, tax-free. Certain financial products. But your retirement accounts, no. Sorry. Retirement accounts, have to be taxed at an enormous rate. So what do they do with their retirement accounts? Your IRAs and 401ks. Well, you're supposed to spend it. It's designed for your lifetime. That's all the benefits. You spend it, you put it aside, it's your lifetime. And when you pass away, it goes to your spouse. And when you don't have a spouse, and if you both have passed away, guess where it goes? Ready? The churches, charities, and nonprofits that you believe in. Tax-free to them. Real estate to your children. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate. Life insurance, tax-free. And there is nothing that gets the exponential pass-on benefit, if you will, as life insurance. It just doesn't. Right? You spend $400 a year and you get a million dollars in life insurance. 
right? $100 a month, $500,000 in life insurance, tax-free to your kids or your, or your you know, beneficiaries. So what do wealthy people do? They leave real estate, life insurance, Roth IRAs, of course, yep, those do. I just don't want you to think that the way you're going to make a difference in this world da, 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 is to give your children or grandchildren your retirement accounts. Let's follow in line with what, with, uh, what wealthy people do and let's kind of act like they do. Just like I'm going to act like a plumber so I can be a better plumber. Car mechanic, air conditioning repair, you understand. Okay, so let's get to our first email. The email address, guys, is Arif, A-R-I-F, Arif at TFSWealth. Dot com. Okay, I'm also going to give you the phone number since you've got your hand your, your pen handy. Triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Okay, here's an email. Dear Earth, my wife and I are both retired teachers. I retired a little bit before her, but we both have enough income to last the rest of our life. However, our four hundred three b accounts, which is also TSAs, guys, tax sheltered annuities, so you know they're the same thing. Our four hundred three b accounts are just extra money that we don't know what to do with. Recently, it lost a lot in the stock market, at least a lot for us. If our goal is to use this money only when one of us pass away, what should we do with it until then? We are both in our early 70s and in good health. Our three kids will be our beneficiaries. Okay, well, you heard me mention earlier. I want the beneficiaries of your real estate to be your children. If either one of you can still buy a life insurance policy health-wise, I want you to consider purchasing one of those. There's ways to do it, even if you're not super healthy and certainly even if you're a little older. In your early 70s, you can still do it, by the way, guys. I would not do a term insurance if you're that old. I would do a a, what's called a whole life or an index universal life, most likely, and leave that to your kids. But here's the big concern that they don't, pay attention to it's Karen and Charles Charles between Karen and Charles they they have to understand this the world of what we call a tax trap you see when one of you guys pass away you lose the ability to have married filing jointly when you file your taxes right married filing jointly you get the better tax rate When one of you pass away, you're going to lose probably, in in their case, it's the teacher pensions. They're probably going to lose maybe half of the retirement account. But their income tax is double because the next year after the person passes away, you're filing single, which is a double tax bracket, nearly. So that means her taxes will near, near double. Her income will be cut in a third, maybe half, depending on how much is what. And yet they're in a position to say, I want to leave some of these retirement accounts for my children or grandchildren. That's not the purpose of these accounts. So here's what I would do. I would use those 403B accounts. We have great accounts that can give you a monthly income when the time comes, not today, but later. Now look, as a 403B, you're required to take a minimum distribution after age 72. They said early 70, so I'm guessing 72 either just came or will be coming quickly. So at age 72, you have to take a required minimum distribution. Here's what matters. That required minimum distribution, they said they don't need. I would use that to buy the life insurance policy. However much it is, right? Whatever it is. 
Use that to buy the life insurance policy. Then I would turn around and have the retirement accounts be in a place where we don't go backwards anymore. Right? I like fixed annuities, fixed indexed annuities. Just what I like. You, you can choose whatever you want. Right? It's important you know that because we never go backwards. And when the time comes when somebody passes away or just if they want extra money, they can take that money out without any penalty or fee. All right? It's, it matters a lot because their right, income tax rates are going to double because now they're single, not married filing jointly. It matters a lot because generally in the pension world, and if it's similar to the other educators I have where they're both are married, uh, and they're bo- sorry, they're, they're both married. They both are educators and they're married. What we often see is that in one particular case, they are only passing on what's called the um, you know half of the beneficiary. So in other words, if they get $4,000 a month as a teacher pension, the survivor gets 2000 a month. But let me tell you, my, my educator pensions are like seven dollars $8,000 a month. Look, for working nine months out of the year, eight and a half months out of the year, it's a pretty good job. Oh, Eric, you know, we have to deal with kids. Okay, let me grab any employee anywhere and ask them if they have to deal with tough customers and employee, you know, co-workers. Of course they do. They have to take work home. Oh, surprise, I take work home. I didn't get home, you know, till uh, 11 o'clock one day last week. We all work late sometimes. I don't mean that. I don't mean to diminish the value that an educator has. Oh my gosh, I love them. In fact, I can give you two that changed my life. Mrs. Lee and Dr. Cron, both ladies that changed my life. One was the fifth grade. One was the 12th grade. Gave me direction, guidance. Of course, they're valuable. My point is, working eight and a half, nine months out of the year and to get a pension at seven grand a month with lifetime and income, I think gratefulness is probably one of the words that come to mind because most other people don't receive that kind of social security check. All right, so just kind of, you know, I, I don't mean fall on your sword, but I also don't mean, you know, run around with your chin up high. Okay, so just, just kind of know that that's a pretty good deal. And if you are forced to take out money from your retirement account, it's called a required minimum distribution, let's buy a life insurance policy for your kids. As much as it is, we don't have to buy, I mean, I don't know how much we can afford compared to how much you have in your retirement accounts, how healthy you are. But guess what? It is tax-free to your children. Isn't that exciting? Tax-free. And ready for this, by using your your retirement accounts as a source of lifelong income, it can offset the, the uh, cut in pay that you're going to receive when the other person passes away. Right? The last thing I ever want to do is tell my wife when, when I asked her to marry me and I promised her I would take care of her forever, not knowing exactly why or how things were going to turn out in life, I just said, no matter what, I will take care of you forever. As long as either one of us are alive and even if after I pass, my job is to care for you for the rest of your life. As is your job to care for me. Right? If you think this is a, a helpless uh, lady that I married, uh, not only are you wrong, you're a uh, heck wrong. <laughs> no way. You're not even close. We care for each other. And I didn't make the rules, but sometimes those rules are financial. When you care for each other, you have to financially care for each other. So to be responsible, don't take your money and put it in the market. 
unless you're going to tell me, Arif, I know everything about stock X, right? You pick the stock. I don't care. You pick the company. And boy, do I know. I know where the CEO eats dinner. I know what their profits have been for the last five years. I know what they're anticipated for the next two years. I know what the next quarterly earnings are going to be. I can tell you who their top competitors are, what the exit strategy is. Are they going to be acquiring companies or are they going to be, mm, I don't know, maybe um, selling and paying off you, you and everybody else? What? Oh, wait, you don't know any of that. You go to Mr. and Mrs. Broker and you say, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Broker. Hi, can you take my money? Yeah, great. Thank you. Bye. And then they charge you a big fat fee. And then what they do, look, I just had it this week. You wouldn't believe it. They were paying, they had $335,000 in their account. She was paying $1,000 a month. $1,000 a month. And so how I know this is because together in our conference room, we called the company directly, not the broker, the company directly. And when I called the company, the company said, here's our fees, here's our costs, here's our total expenses. And that entire thing ready for this uh, was almost $1,000 a month. It was like nine something, 3.54% to be exact. So now you're telling me that you didn't know. No, I didn't. So we did the math. And the math on that account from the time she had it to now was enormous. In fact, that thousand, <laughs> she had made about $150,000 in that account. That's great. She paid about $95,000 in costs and fees. I mean, you understand that that's a, a lot of money. I don't know about you, but that, that's a lot of money. And so we came up with a solution. Zero cost, zero fees, zero cost. Yep, you're not going to make as much when the market goes up. Surprise. She said, Arif, I don't have any beneficiaries. I mean, I, I do, but there's not any family. They're going to be friends and, and uh, uh, other people in my life that made a difference in my life. Young people I know. Great. And then she calls and says something pretty, Arif, I'm going to go back to that guy. I'm not going to work with you. I'm going to work with that person. I'll go, the same son of a gun that charged you $1,000 a month that you didn't even know about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a different plan. Which plan? The same one you have. I'm like, okay, so you're going to trust him? He got caught? He got caught, so you went, oh, you're right. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have one of those. Here, here, here. Let me show you. Let me pull it out of my back pocket. Here it is. And you said, wait a second. Are you telling me the only reason that you are now working with, you know, staying with that person because he got caught is because what? So I want you to be careful. There are reasons that people have particular accounts. If you tell me, man, my rates of return are off the charts. If you say, Arif, you're going to make 12% a year every year. I say, okay, great. I like it. And it's going to cost you 4%. I'm going to say, you know what? I'll give you 4%. I'll give you 4% to make me 12. I can do that. I'll do that again. Let's do it again next month. I'm going to net at the end of the story. I will net 8%. That's a great deal. Let's do it again. Let's do it again and again and again. So I'm okay with those things taking place, but here's the challenge that I have. Here's the problem that I have. When somebody gets caught for doing something they shouldn't, you don't reward them by staying with them. You say, mm, maybe it's time to find somebody else. Okay? Important you know that. 
because in this particular case, she didn't need the money. It was just a pure beneficiary play, right? So the near $12,000 a month in costs meant her beneficiaries, the charities, the churches, the individuals, the organizations get nothing. Okay, important you know that. I've got a second email I'm going to read to you here in just a second, but let me give you my email address, arif at tfswealth.com, arif at tfswealth, that's a lot of money, w-e-a-l-t-h dot com. What is very important for you to understand is a lot of the behind the scenes of your financial life is based on the purpose of your money. You tell me the purpose of the money, I'll tell you the place of the money. If you're going to say, if Karen or Charles were to say, hey, Arif, I'm going to use this money next month. I want to start, we want to buy a lake house. We want to buy an RV. I'd say, great. Let's borrow money because money is cheap right now. It's free, basically. Let's turn on this income so it's an income stream for you. The money comes in the front door. It's at a lower tax bracket than taking out big chunks of money. Comes in the front door, goes out the back door. Why? Because interest money is free. Comes in the front door, goes out the back. Front door, goes out the back. Without pushing you or your other income or your pension into the next highest tax bracket. Right? We're keeping you from being too dramatic when you have that conversation with your CPA and you sit down and he says, and I need a check for this. And you're like, excuse me? Yes, I need a check for this money. Like, why? But what? What? How? Okay, we got to keep that in check. Part of that, what's important is for you to know that we are here. We can provide reliable retirement income. But about once a week, sometimes a little more, a little less, about once a week, I sit down with you guys and I say, look, there's nothing I can do. I like where you are. Say what? Yeah, I like where you are. I wouldn't change anything. But but what about this? I go, listen, It's I think you're in a better spot than I can put you in. So every once in a while, People will pop in 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes. I can say, yes, I can help you. No, I can't. If it's no, I can't, then you're going to know why. And most often it's because you've already been set up properly. We're not the only firm in the country or in LA that come to me because nobody else is as smart as me. That would be silly. That would be silly. And not everybody else is bad. I don't like certain products. It's not that I, I don't like certain people. Most people are pretty good. But why don't I like certain products? Because they charge you fees and risk and you don't want either of those, then I'm with you. Some people are okay paying fees provided they're getting something for it. Some people are okay with the risk because they have other monies that are safe. I'm fine with that. I just don't want you to be in a place that one, you don't know the risk and fees and two, you don't want the risk or fees. So how do we get out of that and put you in a safer place? That's what we do. All right, we're going to be back in just a minute. Triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. I'm Arif Hallaby. Stay with me on the Total Financial Hour. Our second hour. I've got another email for you. This one's quite interesting. Might be a, a, the case that a lot of you have as well. Be right back on the Total Financial Hour. I'm Arif Hallaby. Strategy, 
Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me, Arab Halaby. We're talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future, trying to figure out what it's like to have some or part of your money in a safe place out of the the, the place for risk and, and fees. Well, we might be able to find a place for you. The costs don't have to be that high. They, they don't have to be high at all. In fact, of course, you're going to give up something. Sometimes it's the rate of return. Yeah, look, anybody, any financial professional, I'm going to say this before I get to the email because I think this is kind of important when... When people talk to me and they say things about, well, Eric, you know, I'm thinking about buying Bitcoin or flipping real estate and, and well, you know, what do you think? I go, Liz, my, my job is not to make you rich. My job is to be as good as I can, in fact, to be great in a couple of areas. One of those is the guaranteed income that we never have to worry about. Another one of those is that reliable retirement income where we protect the principal and the interest. Those are kind of my, my key key greatness, uh, expertise, if you will. If you want to go buy Bitcoin or flip properties, you can do that. That's wonderful, but I can't help you. Oh, but what about uh, the, you know the latest, greatest stock? Uh, uh, IPO, that's it. IP- wonderful, that's not my thing. I can't talk about it because I don't know about it. Why would I, why would I get into some area of expertise in which I'm an, a novice? Okay? So please, if you're out there trying to set some or part of your money in a safe place... Always remember the purpose of the money. That's going to determine the place of the money, right? The risk that you have set aside that you might be okay with, with some of your money. Wonderful. That's fine. That's not going to be what we do because here's what is very important. Some of you have others that you're going to take care of. And it's not just one or two people. It's uh, that, that are random. It's your mom and dad. Right? It's those that care about you, that have cared for you, and now it's your turn. So here's an email, and this is from Deborah. You know, as I mentioned, I don't give last names. And if you don't even want me to use your first name, uh, and, and I'll tell you what, part of what I don't do, if the name is unique enough, like an Arif, right, or Cher, or Madonna, all of us use our first name. <laughs> if it's unique enough, well then, hey, uh, yeah, I'm just not going to say it either. Because I, I, I want to respect your privacy. All right, think about this. Because this might be you as well. Uh, it's from Deborah. Dear Arif, I'm a caretaker of my mother's accounts. She is only 73 and in very good health. But after my dad passed away, she is not as comfortable dealing with the finances. I helped her each month. I help her each month manage the bills and the retirement accounts. You talk about fixed index annuities, and I wonder if that would be right for some of her money. Is there a way to tell? If so, how much? Her income is sufficient for now, but she may need long-term care later. Any ideas? Okay. Happens a lot, guys. Especially if the guy is the, the hot shot risk taker and passes away and leaves the wife with all of these things that had plans and exit strategies and she doesn't know what to do with them because that's not her thing. So in this particular case, as uh, the daughter, Deborah, is in charge or kind of helps care for her mother's accounts, I want to do a couple of things. Mom is in good health. Okay, that tells me that she might qualify for a certain long-term care or life insurance policy that can, ha- that can be what's called a hybrid. 
A hybrid life insurance policy allows her to have long-term care and the ability to have a life insurance that can be passed on to, in this case, Deborah or whoever other siblings she might have. So there is, there is a way or there might be a way to pass this on tax-free to them. The other part of it is, if she doesn't need the money right now she, and, and she's probably going to live a long time, there are some great fixed indexed annuities that have health care or uh, long-term care provisions. It's called a critical illness rider or a chronic illness rider. And the different ones that have those can give her up to twice the amount of income if she has a long-term care event, right? In other words, let's say her income from these accounts would be, I don't know, $2,000 a month, but she doesn't need it right now. Okay, she can turn it on and it doubles. Instead of 2000 a month, it's 4000 That's important because she can use that any way she wants. She doesn't have to use it for, uh, for long-term care and turn in the bills. She can hire her daughter. She can stay at home. She can hire her grandchildren or her nieces or nephews, anybody she wants. She does not have to report it to anybody in the form of accountability towards, uh, towards her health insurance. Now, if it's an IRA, you know, a 401k or an IRA, like a retirement account, well, then yes, she's going to be required to pay taxes on it. That doesn't change. The IRS has certain rules about, you know, deducting some of that money uh, but you're going to check with your CPA to find out if, if you can write off certain health care expenses. Your CPA or your tax advisor will kind of guide you down that road. But the withdrawal of the money, if it comes from an IRA or a 401k retirement account, then all of it is subject to tax. But nobody pays attention. Nobody minds how she spends it. She can just spend it any way she wants. And if she needs it to care for, for herself, she can do that. And here's what's important. It lasts for the rest of her life. It isn't just something that goes for five years or 10 years. She can receive income out of this account forever. And many of these accounts have what's called a, an increasing uh, lifetime income component, meaning it starts at uh, whatever, $2,000 a month. If next year the market goes up 4%, if her index goes up 4%, she gets, guess what? A 4% increase. If next year the market goes up 10%, she could get a 10% or greater increase. And whatever that floor is, that becomes the new minimum. We never go past that number, right? In other, down, in other words. So let's say it's $2,200 a month. That's her new income in a couple of years. Then it stays at 2200 It doesn't matter what the market does. So we can use, we can turn on some of her retirement accounts to buy a life insurance policy today. Leave that for her daughter, or her grandchildren, or her other kids, tax-free. We make sure the house is in great condition so she can leave that to the kids, tax-free. Remember, check with your CPA and all of this, right? I'm not a CPA. I do a lot of things great, but I'm speaking in general because each of you might be a little bit different, but you're going to check with your tax preparer, your CPA on these. Says my lawyers, I have to tell you. <laughs> right? It's all those disclaimers at the beginning or end of everything. It's amazing. Lawyers run the rule, run the world. All right. When we talk about uh, fixed index annuities, would that be right for some of her money? Probably, but it would be the, the way to tell is to have her call me or come into the office. We have a couple of locations in the Santa Clarita Valley, out in Glendale, out in Simi Valley. We have a sub office out in Glendale we can use if we need to. So there's pl uh, sorry in uh, in Long Beach if we need to. 
We do have an office in Glendale, though. Glendale, Simi Valley, Santa Clarita. So how much of her income or, or assets should be there? I would say, look, we'd have to do a few questions, but I can tell you, she answers five or ten questions. I bet I know the answer fairly quickly. And I will give her two or three choices, and she can decide. Because we don't know when she's going to need the money, but that doesn't matter. Now, she still has to take out that required minimum distribution, right? She's 73, so after age 72, even if she inherits her husband's accounts or if they're hers, she's going to have to, if they're retirement accounts, she's going to have to take out a required minimum distribution. And that's where I go, well, why don't we purchase a life insurance policy with it? You have to take it out anyway. You have to pay taxes on it anyway. Comes in the front door, goes out the back door, now poof, becomes tax-free forever. So there are things like that where it's kind of a two-step approach where the beneficiaries are still protected if she needs the money for long-term care or other expenses and has to draw down that money because a lot of times people say, I I love it, but I just don't want to lose, I just don't want my... uh, my beneficiaries to not have anything when I die. I want it to be there for both of us, for both of them. So that's how we would use it. All right. So I I share that with you because from the standpoint of understanding laddering or layering, what's the purpose of that account? What's the purpose? What's the reason that this account exists? Because I'm sure her husband, like many of you, you want your wives or ladies, you want your husband to do a couple of things. And one of those is very important. And it's this, it's, I want it to be there for you when I pass away. I want it to be available in case you need it for your food, shelter, clothing. Because if you remember this, your income tax rates are going to double. When you're married, filing jointly, you pay a lower rate. When you're single, you pay a much higher rate. The first year, right? The first year, the person passes away and April, May, June, July, no problem. That year, you can still have your taxes written off as married filing jointly. So you should do some conversions. Uh, In other words, you should move money to a Roth IRA. You should move money to a place where you have a much favorable tax treatment. But when it comes to the next year, potentially doubling your taxes. All right, so very important we think about that so I don't end up getting getting you in trouble financially. You've got to know we work with your CPA, your tax preparer. We sit down. We'll meet with them on the phone or Zoom or whatever it might be. Okay, so pretty important you know that. So my goal really is to educate you both on the retirement concerns that people have. Sometimes these emails that come in can reflect something that's pretty important. But I want to share a story that happened this week. It's not in an email. It's just something that happened in my office this week. And I think it's pretty important so that you can see what's happening with us on a day-to-day basis. People will come in and they, they just have enough money to live, but they're scared. Even if the finances are more, you know, even if logically I can tell them you have more than enough money to live, you're going to be fine. Even if there's a healthcare concern, there are mechanisms in place to take care of you and on and on. But there's this underlying anxiety And when do I find it? It's this. It happened three times this week. That's why I'm bringing it up. Is ladies that were either never married or that are now uh, by themselves, either divorced or widowed, and maybe they don't have children or they're estranged from their kids or they physically live far away and they're not in much contact. 
And that particular lady has outlived her mom as far as the age goes, right? Mom died at 78. She's 79 or something. And she's healthier than her parents. So she expects to live a long way. Three different people came in this week and they said, you know, Arif, what's going to happen to me? And I remember when I was young in the, in the financial world being trained, it, there was something called the bag lady syndrome. Maybe some of you have heard of that, but it's a real concern that women have often in their subconscious, but it's real when they drive by a lady who's pushing a shopping cart, right? She was a, a vibrant young woman, a college student, a high school student at one point, had her first job, you know, dolled up to the nines, dressed up, looked good, went out on that first date. All of those things happened. Something happened somewhere. And now, and now she's in a position and it's called a bag lady syndrome. And could she, could she be in that position? Could that happen to our client? It's a big concern. So when that occurs in her mind, there's anxiety, there's problems, there's concerns. So what can we do to help, help thwart some of that? Well, here's what I would do. I want you to realize a couple of things. Number one, you can layer your accounts and how you withdraw money. Money you're not going to need for a long time, that gets higher interest rates potential and is pushed off over into that corner. Money you need today for your retirement uh, from retirement accounts to help supplement your income, that's over here. That's closer to you. But I do want you to know about the different benefits that are available. Of those ladies that came in, one of them, her, her husband after she, he passed away, she's a widow now. Her husband was part of the military during the Vietnam War. He had an honorable discharge. So he was, he was honorably let go from the military. In other words, they, it, was, it was a good thing. He left. He served four years. And she is eligible for something called aid and attendance pension because it's available for your spouse as well as you. Not just your spouse, not just you, not when they're both alive, but as long as she doesn't remarry, she's eligible for something called an aid and attendance pension. And it's a supplement of income to help her care for long-term care for her family and for herself. She can pay her child or her grandchild. Now, there's a couple of caveats, maybe even problems with this. One is it's a heck of a lot of paperwork. It's the federal government, right? It's a heck of a lot of red tape and paperwork. But does it mean you still can't get it? Of course. So what do you do? Ready for this? You contact your congressperson. We're blessed to be in the area of Congressman Mike Garcia. Love him. His office will take care of you. If you have challenges, you reach out to your congr congressional office. I would say... Get all the paperwork filled out, do your part, grab whatever documents they need, and then you make sure you contract your, your contact, your congressman's office. And you say, here's my situation. My husband was in the military in Korean War or Vietnam or a desert storm, whatever it might have been. And the veterans aid and attendance pension is available for both you as a, as a veteran and your spouse if you're still married or if you're a widow. Okay, this is a good thing because these are benefits that most people don't even know exist. In fact, 
I think less than 30% of the people that are eligible for the benefits even apply for the benefits. And that can help. So one of the questions I would ask Deborah's mom is, was your dad or your mom ever in the military? And if they were, what, you know, what, during what time? Because it has to be during a particular window. I'll tell you something that's pretty incredible. I had a lady come into my office uh, probably three years ago now. And uh, were you married? No. And she had a child when she was young. So she has her one son. She was in the military. I said, oh, great. What branch? And she said, all of them. I chuckled. I go, oh, that's funny. Uh, but what branch were you in? She said, literally, Arif, all of them. She started out in the Navy, did four years, then went to the Marine Corps and did eight years. And then she went into the reserves and then decided she wanted to go back into the Army. And then she finished her career in the Air Force. And at a high rank, too, by the way. I mean, you know, the, it was one of those E9s or E8s, a, a pretty pretty high number. So don't be surprised eh, with the, the whole story uh, about, oh, well, it's the man that served in the military. Here she was during a time of war because it was Desert Storm she went in and that's one of the approved wars. And a single lady. So it could be her as well, right? So know this, that, that through this process, you might be surprised if somebody who was in the military ask them, if it's your, your mom, ask. If it's your dad, we've actually had men who have never told their kids that they were in the military during Vietnam. Is that, is that surprising? Just it never came up. It wasn't a story. And they were digging through dad's things. And then what is this? It's called a DD-214. It's the military discharge document. That's what it's called today is DD-214. Back then it was called a discharge paperwork. And you pull it and she said, what? Dad was in the military? And the mom said, yeah, yeah, he was. He served for a couple of years. He, he's a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit shy about it or just didn't want to talk about it. It wasn't, wasn't his favorite things. He was scared and wasn't very proud of some of the stuff they had to do when they were there. Wow, okay, isn't that crazy? Okay, I'm going to share... Another uh, email I received about some, uh, it's just briefly, but I do want to mention it because it's a part of the retirement lifestyle. It says uh, it's from a guy named David. It doesn't say if he's married or not. Uh, honestly, Arif, health is a huge concern of mine. I'm healthy now and I try not to worry about the unknowable. So I've done my part. I've lost weight. I exercise every day doing something. But my biggest concern was debt. Now that I'm retired and still have debt, do you have any advice on how I can pay it down or work with it when I have a small pension, social security, and a small rental property as income? Any suggestions so that I don't have to worry about income? Later on, if I if I am uh, in a hospital, I think he said hospital and uh, yeah, he means hospital and healthcare facility. Kind of has a spelling error there. So here's my concern, guys. A lot of you will take debt into retirement. If you have a plan to get out of debt, in other words, you have a management process, an orderly way to eliminate debt. I'm all for it. 
But this email indicates a couple of things. Number one is a lot of you will have debt and I need you to understand the classification of debt. There's good debt and there's bad debt. Most of you think all debt is bad. You think debt on your home is good, but you want to pay it off. And you think debt on something like a credit card or a student loan must be good and you're going to pay it off slowly. I've heard of everything under the sun. So here's the structure for debt. I want you to, to focus on good debt and bad debt. What is good debt? A good example. You own a, an apartment building and you bought it for a million dollars and you owe $800,000 on that apartment building. My goodness, it's a lot of money. The payment on that is $3,000 a month, all in. Taxes, insurance, everything. 3000 a month. That's a big... But your rents on that apartment building are 6000 a month. Well, that's good debt. 6000 comes in, you give 3000 to the bank, and you get to keep three. Yeah, but Arif, what if the toilet backs up? Well, then you call a plumber, just like you would at your house. Oh, but Arif, the electrical. You're going to call a plumber. Why? Because you would at your house. I, I'm not going out in any of my rental stuff, and I, I'm not out there repairing any plumbing stuff. I get my nails done. You think I'm going to fix it? You think I'm going to do any of that? I love what I do, uh, but I'm not an expert in that. That's No, thank you. Not my thing. I'm going to be the guy who says, I 1-800-electrician, handyman person, good, go, fix, thanks. Send me the bill. And that's the same thing if you're retired. So where your strength lies is almost very similar to how a president, a governor, or a mayor operates, or really any executive. And ready for this? It's the hire, hiring the people around you. So if you're a senior citizen, it's who you call friend when you have your friendships. But when it comes to your business, which would be your apartment building, you need to have a repair person. So your decision-making process in who you hire makes all the difference. It isn't a decision on, I'm going to hire this person because I can do it better than they can or, or because I'm going to teach them. No, no, no. I need to hire experts, people that are better than you in each of those fields. So they go out, they fix something, they send you the bill. Your judgment in how and who to hire, that makes the difference. Hire the right person, you win. Understand costs are going up. So you need to raise the rents. Oh, Arif, I don't feel like I can do that. I just The person's been with us for 10 years and we just only raise their rents three times. So I, I just feel bad because of, and you fill in the blank. Well, that's great. The last time I tried to do math with my feelings, it didn't work. Inflation is real and your feelings are real to you. But math is math. You have to raise the rents at least 3%. We're running at a 7% at a inflation, probably higher, probably closer to 10% in this state with this governor and, and Mr. Biden as president. So you have to. That's just called, it's just called life. They have received a pay raise. They are receiving more money in their welfare check or whatever they're receiving. All of that has gone up. So you should... By providing a nice, clean, safe, you better do that. That's your job. That's the character that you want to have as a landlord. Be honest, be clear with it, and charge them for it accordingly. Okay? It's the way that you make sure that your debt can be paid off.
I don't like credit card debt. That's bad debt. Buying things that go down in value, that's bad debt. We want that paid off as quick as possible. Hey, guys, if you have any questions, give me a call. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. I'm telling you, with inflation being the way it is and the cost of things, you have to manage your retirement accounts properly. If I can help, it's my pleasure, guys. 888-99-RETIRE. Arif Hallaby on the Total Financial Hour. Enjoy the rest of your day. Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Hallaby. Learn about financial power. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.